All right, welcome to another edition of Vendor Spotlight. Our company this week is F5 Networks, and my guest is Corey Marshall. Corey is Director of Security Architecture at F5 Networks. Corey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and what does the Director of Security Architecture do? What's your type? What's your role over there? Fantastic. Hey, Ryan, thanks for having us today. Um, so in my role as um, Director of Security Architecture, it's really a, a wide and varied role. So it, it's really surrounding um, helping our customers, helping our partners um, get the very best out of F5 solutions. And so um, that may be, you know, whether whether we're architecting a solution to make a new unique use case or, or even at times responding to um, challenges that a customer has um, surrounding an incident. And I'm specifically interested in in zero trust and the whole concept of zero trust from from your perspective and from your perch. You guys are you're talking to customers on the ground, and, you know. As a journalist and on the outside looking in, we have our own ways of how we're defining it and interpreting it. There's a lot of noise and fud in the marketplace around what zero trust is. Help me understand how F5 Networks view zero trust and what what is zero trust. Yeah, so really, it's getting beyond the marketing, getting beyond the hype. Zero trust isn't one thing; it's really a practice or framework, if you will. And so there is there's kind of three primary components, which is the the application access um, predicated on the identity, the infrastructure, um, so both the network and all the supporting infrastructure services, as well as um, the security of the applications themselves, right? So, um, you know, whether that that may be the security, the security surrounding the payloads or the business processes that these applications carry out for an organization. And the idea here is that this, this zero trust is this strategy that eliminates the need for like a, a trusted network defi- uh, that is defined by the traditional perimeter, right? Yes. Today, what does that what does that look like in practice today? Absolutely. So today, you know, you know, most organizations, you know, they they kind of you know build this this castle and moat um, kind of model. I, I happen to like castles a lot, but um, if you were counting on castles to um, the, the defend um, any kind of structure or any kind of entity today, right? You'd, you'd be you'd be in trouble pretty quickly. And so, you know, the concept behind zero trust is that you know, no matter what. Every single transaction is going to pass through um, the same security gates, regardless of your location um, on, on the network. Define those security gates. Explain that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, of course, you know, there's a lot of devil in details, protocol dependent. But if you look at where the world is right now, you know, kind of HTTPs become the new TCP and there's continuous continuous evolution of that protocol. We have uh, millions of developers training using it. So it's very broadly used to deliver applications and, and more and more real-time applications as well. And so the from, from an F5 perspective, one of the first places where you can you can get in, um, much more enhanced security is really, really um, providing a, a gate, if you will, for the actual applications themselves, such that if I'm coming in off the edge, I'm a remote user coming in off of VPN remote access, or I'm sitting on the network right next to the actual data center itself, we're going to pass you through um, some um, an access proxy of sorts. And, and at that access proxy, um, we're not only going to consume the identity, whether that's been in partnership with something federated, um, say a Microsoft or an Okta or a Ping, for example, um, but we're also going to measure 
um, the, the context um, related to the device, related to the user. So there are certain things that we can see about the device you know, that's in demand. So for example, the, the, the IP address, for example, uh, how that device negotiated TLS. Um, and then there's certain things you may get out of band. So this may be things like, hey, is this device managed? Is the is the compliance status of this device um, good? And um, and then there is the measurement and continuous measurement of, you know, what is the user actually doing? What does the behavior look like? Are there anomalies associated here? And then doing that on a continuous basis, right? We don't just let you in the door and, um, you know, you're, you've kind of passed the gate and now you're in in, in the soft um, underbelly of of the infrastructure. No, we're going to follow you around and continue to monitor what you do, and at any time be able to take action on 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 quarantining um, a, a malicious actor or an entity. And you guys have a, a product products and and a suite. Of, I don't know how you describe it, but to basically help companies deploy and manage their entire zero trust infrastructure, including, can you talk a little bit about what what those uh, what those solutions are, and more more specifically as we get down to like app layers and app infrastructure security layers, like what are what are customers demanding? What are defenders demanding in this space? Well, the first thing defenders are demanding is um, is visibility and capability, right? So um, if if I if I can't understand, if I can't see. Um, you know the or deal with the actual traffic and, and, and identities that are traversing my edge, um, then I've already lost the battle, right? And so then I have I'm dealing with capability. At what what depth can we analyze um, traffic and what depth can we identify or um, analyze user behavior, for example? Um, and then you know after that it's like it's some of the ease of use, right? You know, can I can I effectively deploy this um, in my environment without a steep learning curve? Um, so this is these are kind of the top three things we're seeing from security professionals. Of course, there there's much more in terms of you know what do, what do integrations look like? What does I, I have all these other things that I'm investing in my environment? Can I leverage that? It's part of my overall zero trust um, ecosystem. I the world has moved to work from home forcibly, so. Uh, has that changed the way people are defending their networks? And has that changed the way you're having conversations with customers around what a network looks like in 2021 and what it will potentially look like two years, three years from now? Yeah, I think it's it's accelerated, you know, some of the interest and in shift in zero trust. I think uh, a significant portion of customers when COVID initially broke out, for example, um, the immediate thing was to do what we we've always done, which is network extension, right? So um, get get um, more and more people on the VPN and do that in as quickly as possible, and and scale that architecture as quickly as possible. Now that um, organizations have had time to think about their next generation strategy, which may have been on the books, but frankly, you know, wasn't wasn't a, a top priority. Right. This um, this transformation has been speeded up like exponentially. Yeah, e- exponentially, right? And so, um, as companies also you know invest more and more in, in hybrid architectures and cloud applications, um, specifically from their internal you know facing workloads now moving out to the cloud or into co-location facilities as well, um, that means that I'm not oftentimes controlling the network, so I have to control the applications and, and, and the data, right? Which the applications are the gateway to the data. Yeah, I was looking at some of your research. Like on average, an enterprise deploys about 600 and 765 apps, 
within an organization, just adding attack surface everywhere. How how does and I and I know you mentioned this, but how does like your zero trust uh, uh, set up your zero trust infrastructure make use of things like uh, web application firewalls and some of those app protection things? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, first thing is that you know these protections are designed to work together. So the access um, tier, which is governing um, sessions based upon identity and doing that on a per request basis um, also functions with, you know, the application or, or, or web application security tier. Um, now, when, when you dig in a, a little bit more, you know, one of the things to understand is that 600, 700 applications, right? They're, they're probably all written by different people, right? In, in many respects, which means that they have some unique attack surfaces and they're, they're probably all handling um, session management differently, right? They, they're handling authentication authorization, you know, based upon you know, what that developer did at that point in time. So one of the things, we, first things you want to do with the access proxy is, um, is normalize all of that. So make sure that nothing authenticated or unauthorized um, goes to the back end. So it's oftentimes think of it as a pre-authentication step. And then the the second thing that we want to do is the, the digital experience for the user, right? So can we eliminate the need to sign in multiple times um, in, in into my application architecture? And can we can we do the things like um, MFA or can we do you know the the things like um, device measurement frictionless, meaning that we don't interrupt the user experience to do all the all the security checks we need to do? Let's zoom out for a, for a second because this the other stuff you're talking about is the the, the foundational security the, the foundational security uh, things you have to put in place uh, for any modern robust uh, security programs. Are you finding that? Uh, are more and more folks are moving swiftly towards this. We talk about work from home, but at the same time, every time I open the, the, a news website, there's a new breach. Companies are still being compromised by basic phishing attacks. It just seems like we, we're dramatically moving forward uh, uh, with these infrastructures and new approaches to security. But it just seems like things just remain as bad as possible. Help me understand what's really going on. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, these concepts that are, are that have kind of come in of age, um, they take a, a, some time to adopt. Right. And so um, if, if everything was was greenfield and we're building new architectures, we can oftentimes just bake these things right in. But organizations, you know, have to to do a lot of work in, in transitioning to these architectures um, and coming over the top of, of a lot of legacy. And, and meanwhile, they still have to keep the lights on, right? The business still has to run. So that's why I think you still see even... Just with, legacy debt. Yeah, you, you still see these things because, you know, people just haven't gotten to it yet, right? And um, and then, you know, the, you know, the, you know, a lot of the zero trust marketing that you hear really focuses around the edge, right? Which is, you know, not the intent um, for, for true zero trust strategy. We want to take a look holistically. So the things like, you know, SolarWinds breach and, you know, um, we, we govern that system, which, you know, has an external supply chain as far as the code goes. Um, we, we govern that similarly um, to what, what we do at the edge as well, right? We treat it as untrusted. Uh, we're running out of time, so I'll just leave you with, I'll, I'll, I'll let you out of here with this question. What are the top three things a defender uh, should be prioritizing today, just based on what the threat landscape looks like and the available tools and, and, and uh, you know, products and capabilities available today? What are your top three recommendations for a defender? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, top three recommendation is um, to treat um, you know all users or all, all external API entities as untrusted to to and leverage and access gateway for enforcement um, and, and both as a source of telemetry and metadata and um, a consumer of that um, metadata so I can make better contextual um, decisions. Um, another piece is just, you really don't don't ignore the payloads, right? So um, you know, right tool for the right job, uh, web application um, you know, vulnerabilities are you know as as high as they've ever been. Is something you, you've mentioned, and so um, the web application firewalls I think have really come of age. So I highly recommend that even if you you have a, a very basic policy. Um, running that you do deploy that policy and, and uh, deploy it broadly across the organization. Um, and then number number three, kind of, you know, really don't um, don't ignore the infrastructure, right? So these things like you know, DNS are still important. Securing the the TCP um, IP layer, you know, is still very important. And and uh, so this is a this is really a place where you know you know proxies or, um, or or tools that are able to look at flows um, you know with without even you know um, decrypting the traffic are, are still very relevant as well Corey Marshall director of security architecture at f5 networks thank you very much for joining us and sharing your expertise and knowledge with the audience um, hopefully we'll get to do it again come back soon all right thanks Ryan <laughs>